Hello and welcome to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. American poet Joyce Kilmer wrote, I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. Trees are beautiful to look at, and the rustling of their leaves can be a pleasant sound. Trees provide shade and have a cooling effect on areas under their canopies. Their roots hold in soil, helping to prevent erosion, and their leaves and branches hold rainwater, thus slowing runoff from rainstorms. They provide a home and food for birds and other wildlife. Depending on the variety, trees also provide fruit and nuts for us to eat, and trees help clean our air of pollutants. This week, our focus is on trees, and a very worthy organization called Tree Folks in Austin, Texas. Tree Folks' mission is to encourage urban forestry, which involves planting trees and taking care of existing trees in urban areas. Over the years, Tree Folks has planted over one million trees in Central Texas at parks, schools, right-of-ways, community gardens, and other spots. I caught up with them at a tree planting at a school near East Austin. It was noisy because of the cheerful chatter of volunteers from the community surrounding the school who had come to help plant trees, and they did. At the end of several hours, the landscape around the school was transformed from bare ground to being dotted with young trees of various native species. I talked to some of the volunteers. We're at Colony Park here in East Austin. It's an, an event like Arbor Day for this, this community. Tree Folks has organized with the City of Austin and Forestry Department as well uh, to put this together, uh, to you know get the trees here, get the people here, a uh, lot of energy. It, it brings like families together, friends, and you really, you really feel like you're taking part in like helping your community and the earth. Uh, eventually we will have a park back behind the school and all of that, so we want to make sure that it's, it's somewhere pretty where people want to come. I think it's really good for the environment and making trees because there's like a lot of de deforestation. So I think it's important to bring trees to the environment. I believe that this is a good uh, uh, to beautify our neighborhood and also good for our, for our children. One thing I think that's really been important to see is our youth that are here. They're not only uh, helping with planting the trees, but they have many questions, many comments about the trees, and, and really learning how, you know, the, about the land, about the trees, and this is something that they can learn now and use when they have homes or to help others. Later, I sat down with Rebecca Johnson, Tree Folks Education and Outreach Coordinator, to talk about Tree Folks and the important work it does in greening our area. I'm here today with Rebecca Johnson of Tree Folks in Austin, and uh, I'd like to start off by asking you to introduce yourself and tell us about Tree Folks and its mission. I'm Rebecca Johnson. I'm Education and Outreach Coordinator for Tree Folks. Tree Folks is the only nonprofit in Central Texas devoted solely to improving and increasing the urban tree canopy. Our mission is to empower Central Texans to build stronger communities through planting and caring for trees. And today we were out at a school, a local school in Austin, um, and you had a 
very large event where you had a lot of people, a lot of volunteers uh, planting trees. Can you tell us about that event? And and I'm assuming this is something that uh, are similar to other events that you do. We do uh, four to five large tree plantings every year. And when I say large trees, I mean five to 15 gallon trees. And the tree plantings, we plant anywhere from 60 to 120 trees. Today was 120. I think we actually got 100 in the ground. We had about 150 volunteers today from various groups, Little Helping Hands, the Art of Living Foundation, um, several groups from UT. And this was a partnership with the City of Austin Parks and Recreation Department, Urban Forestry, and they provide the trees and the tools, and we provide the volunteers and the volunteer supervision and a lot of the coordination that happens. And we were doing this one in particular today. This was an exciting one. This was the grand opening of Colony Park. And so we were doing it with the Colony Park Sustainable Community Initiative and the UT Public Engagement Team. And so they did a lot of, they provided most of the food today. And so it was a lot of fun. We did a lot of trees and we had a lot of volunteers and it was just high energy. And that's what Part of my job is doing the volunteer coordination, and I see this as a way to educate people on trees, how to plant the trees. We identify the trees as they're planting them. We plant only native trees, and um, we just get out there, and we walk the volunteers through how to plant a tree the correct way, and then we turn them loose. We have our supervisors. I have a wonderful cadre of volunteer supervisors that come out and and supervise our volunteers. And I do this in conjunction with one of my two of my really good board members, Marcus Gore and Chuck McClellan. And without their help, I don't know what I would do. So uh, the, the different trees that you planted today, tell me about some of the varieties that are good for this area. So the trees we planted today were chosen specifically for that area because it's higher, a little drier. So we had the bur oak, which is one of my favorite large oaks. We had some live oaks had a couple of Texas ash, some sycamore. There were a couple of pecans, which typically really do better in a low area, but they found, they put them in the drainage areas. And I had been told there were some catalpas. I did not actually see them, but I was told there might have been some. And some ratama that I didn't see either. But um, all of those are trees that are native to the area. Oh, and Mexican white oak, which is not native to the area, but does really well in Austin and Central Texas. And then uh, another project I know that you've, uh, I think you talked about earlier, is the uh, tree planting in the Bastrop area. Can you give us a little background on why that, what, what happened there and, and, uh, and the eff- efforts today to reforest it? The Bastrop County Complex fire was, in 2000, was Labor Day 2011, and it was actually three different fires that joined together. It burned 34,000 acres and took out many homes and took two lives. And Bastrop is special because it is the Lost Pines region, which is a region of genetically genetically distinct Loblolly pines. They're more drought-tolerant pines. So when they were burned, we stood the chance of losing this genetic diversity. So um, luckily, and this is a great story, 
The Texas A&M Forest Service had gathered a bunch of the Lost Pine Loblolly seeds many years before, planning to do a program where they were going to cross those seeds with East Texas Loblolly seeds to try to get a pine that was drought-resistant but more timber-oriented because the East Texas are straighter. But it wasn't economically viable. They realized there was no commercial use for it, so they didn't do it. And these seeds sat in this abandoned grocery store refrigerator for years. 2011, spring of 2011, they said, are we ever going to do anything with these seeds? They had, they had several million seeds. And, so, and they decided they were never going to do anything. So they started the process to destroy them. But it's a government property, so there's a paper that you have to go through. And then the fire happened. And they said, stop, we need these seeds. So we have several different growers growing around the country growing them out. And we've had 98% germination of these seeds, which is phenomenal, especially for old seeds. And um, so once we get these seeds, we split up the trees um, between us and the park, the state park, and uh, the Bastrop County, I can't remember what they, another group. And so we, we're limited to how many we can plant, but we'll plant 650,000 trees this year. And we'll do that in a combination of volunteer effort, a private vendor, and American Youth Works. And so we are going to have six or seven volunteer events in Bastrop planting these baby, they're little baby pines, they're very small, easy to plant. And what we're hoping is by being able to plant, we will help that region to become remain a pine forest. The oaks that were there are more resistant to the fire and actually survived the fire pretty well. We are seeing a lot of natural regeneration of the pines, but we're seeing more oak. So there was a really strong worry that the oak would be take over and the pines would not survive as well. So now as you fly over, it's green, it's pretty. There's lots of pine trees that are five and six feet tall. And the baby pines were having about a 40% survival. And so we're excited. It's great. And we're meeting lots of the, we're doing this all on private land. And we don't charge the private landowners anything. We have a grant through um, the National Arbor Day Foundation and Alcoa American Forests. And then the A&M Forest Service is helping coordinate the growing of the pines. And some of the pines were grown here in Austin at the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. And actually, some of the seeds were planted by volunteers. So if they come and volunteer with us, they might be planting the seeds that they, the, seed, the trees from the seeds they planted. So that's a great story. Just the, just the story about the seeds is quite an amazing one. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, they, it was so close to not having those seeds. And it wouldn't have been lost. We could have gone out and gathered seeds, but it saved us probably at least a year of effort. Can we talk uh, in general about, uh, well, you've, you've spoken about the mission, urban forestry, but why, why should people care about that? Why should we plant trees in urban areas? Well, humans have a primal need for trees. The first thing that the settlers did when they moved into an area was plant a tree or a few trees around their house. So there's that. We have that primal need for tall, green space. But it's also... Trees do so much for us. You know, we know the whole, they sequester carbon and help emissions. 
But another thing they do is they trap fine particulate matter within their leaves. It's actually a filter. And that fine particulate matter is really bad for people and actually can cause asthma. So you'll see asthma rates skyrocket in places where there aren't a lot of trees. And um, it, there's an insect called the emerald ash borer, and it's very bad, and it's killing 99% of ash in the areas it's at. And it's really bad, but one thing it's enabled us to do is we can go back and look at statistics from before the trees were killed and after the trees were killed, and looking at those in the death certificates, they can realize that there is an enormous increase in cardiopulmonary deaths just after the trees died. And then um, they can also compare birth rates are higher in areas that have more trees. The weight, you know, the baby weighs more at birth and is therefore healthier and more likely to thrive. Students do better on their exams if they can see a tree from their window. Hospi peoples in hospitals require less pain medication and recover quicker if they can see a tree from their window. It's, so it's just, yeah, you know, we have this whole association with trees that we really can't live without trees. We, you know, we might want to try, but any time there's an inner city and there's not a tree, people are less healthy. And it's so, and I plant trees. I mean, I'm selfish. I plant trees because I think they're pretty. <laughs> I'm very selfish. But they really, there's lots of science that shows us just how important they are to our emotional well-being and our health. Another statistic is that domestic violence and violent crime is reduced in areas that have trees. Breaking Break-ins and robberies are lower in areas that have large established trees. That's No, I'd never heard that before. That's yeah. really interesting. So there are, as we see, many reasons to plant trees. If I were a homeowner and uh, was, you know, was hearing this and thinking, well, you know, maybe I can go out and plant a few trees, I've got some space, how would I start? Well, you know, how would I even find out what's the best tree for my area, what's, you know, what's the appropriate tree for my garden? So one place you can always start here in Central Texas is you can start at our website, treefolks.org. But there's also a great resource we have here in Texas, the Texas A&M Forest Service. And don't let that name throw you. They're not the Forest Service just for A&M. They're the Forest Service for all of Texas. And they have the tree selector guide on their website. And you can go in and it asks you questions. And it asks you, like, your location, what your soil is like, the rainfall. And, and then it asks you, what are your preferences on a tree? Do you want a big tree? Do you want a little tree? Do you want a tree that flowers, a tree that fruits? So all these are things you need to keep in mind. And always, before you plant a tree, look around and look up and make sure you're not planting too close to the power lines. The fires in Bastrop were caused by trees falling on the power line. So be aware and be careful and considerate of your neighbors and all the people around you that you don't plant trees near the power lines. Because even if it doesn't cause a fire, it could cause a power outage, and that's going to inconvenience everybody. Okay, and then once I've planted my trees, can you talk about tree care and pruning and that kind of thing? Once you have bought your tree, and I would suggest going to a local nursery to buy a tree, I, because they're going to have more likely to be getting trees from local suppliers. Once you have bought your tree and you get home and you've done everything, make sure you properly plant it, and we have planting instructions on our website. And then for water, you know, water it carefully. And what we recommend is 
You water three times a week for the first month, twice a week for the next month, once a week thereafter in absence of a rainfall. For large established trees, we recommend about an inch of water a week. For the smaller trees, we recommend 15 to 25 gallons of water each week. And it's actually really easy to do this uh, if you have a five-gallon bucket. Just get a five-gallon bucket, drill some holes around the bottom, on the sides around the bottom, fill it up, and let that water drain out onto the tree. And that way you can measure how much the water you put down, and it's draining slower so the water actually absorbs rather than running off. That's a good way. Yeah, I have to try that. Don't stake the tree. If it's really, really, really floppy and you're worried about that, you can do like a cage around it, but you want it to be able to move. Humans, we lift weights to build muscle, and part of what that is doing is it's actually tearing part of the muscle to help that repair itself. When trees move, they also grow strength like we grow muscles when we move, and that, so it helps them be stronger if they're not staked. And if you live in a place with a deer, which I think pretty much everybody in this area has deer, the cage can help prevent the deer from rubbing and eating. Here, where we are, it's the rubbing that's the bigger problem, and especially eating this time the leaves. Of year. Right. So it's not that they're eating the leaves, but they're just yeah, they're rubbing, rubbing out the bar? Yeah, they're rubbing their, the velvet off their antlers. So they do that in the fall. And, um, and it scratches the bark really badly and... Some of our fruit trees have actually been almost killed because they have scratched all the bark off. And that's something to think about, is that I think a lot of people, when they think about trees, are, are thinking about ornamental-type trees, which is nothing wrong with that. But, um, but you can have both. Well, you can mm-hmm. have a fruit or nut tree and, and also have it be something of beauty and that's, that's part true. of your landscape. You know, here we all, a lot of people like to plant the flowering pear because it makes a really pretty flower. A really great alternative to that is the Mexican plum tree, which is native to the area. It blooms at the same time as the Bradford pear, the flowering pear, has beautiful white blooms, has a great scent, almost smells like a mountain laurel. And then in the end of the summer, you have plums. They're a little sour. They're better if you're making a jelly or you're cooking them into like some kind of a pie or something with lots of sugar. But you have that plum and that plum, and that feeds the wildlife as well. Yeah, and that's something else uh, that we can think or talk about is um, not just deer, which maybe we don't want in the garden, but other kinds of wildlife that we do want to attract. Um. So there's a group called Habitat Stewards, and part of that is that you, if you want to be a certified Habitat Steward, you have a play uh, in your yard. You have a source of food for wildlife and a source of shelter for wildlife. Well, trees provide both, or can provide both. Uh, we have lots of oak trees here in, in Central Texas. Love The squirrels and raccoons and possums love those acorns. So do deer. And then, but, and then we have sugarberry, hackberry. Nobody really likes it, but it's an important tree for birds, which is why there's so many of them, because birds are eating them and, and spreading, spreading those seeds everywhere. <laughs> right. Right. And it's, but it's a very important source of food for them. And then one of my favorite trees is the Texas persimmon. I don't know if you've ever eaten one of them, but they're really good. And 
obviously the wildlife thinks so too because a lot of people don't get the don't get them. Mockingbirds and blue jays love to eat them. They'll sit on the limb and peck them and eat them. You'll go out and we have some of those, right? You'll go out and see just the skins hanging from the Mm -hmm. tree because they've eaten the berry out of it. That's right. Huh? And it's just a beautiful little tree. It's got that great bark. Yes, it's very dramatic. It's almost like a a orca bard or something. I don't know. A bonsai. You know, and one of the things for, you know, we're thinking about different types of trees. It's it's almost more of a shrub than a tree, but um, the deciduous holly, also called the possum hall holly, loses its leaves in the winter and leaves behind these very bright red berries that are really important food source for the birds in the winter. But you can also use them to make wreaths in for your holiday centerpieces mm-hmm. right I think maybe that's what we saw out at the school there was a, a kind of a well I don't know if that was what you're talking about but it, it was sort of a thor- not thorny but very little twigs and it had r- bright red berries on it it was either that one or the yopon holly because I saw it but I wasn't looking that closely and so deciduous holly is ilex decidua yopon holly is ilex vomitoria but don't let that throw you. You can actually make a, lea- a tea from the leaves of yopon holly, and it nice? has caffeine. Really? It's the only plant in North America that, native to North America that has caffeine in the leaves, and theobromine, which is, of course, what's in chocolate. So, really? Possum hall. That's the yopon. Yopon. Y-A-U-P-O-N. Yeah, I've heard of all right, what are some trees that we maybe shouldn't plant? What are some invasive-type species? And also, can we talk about juniper? Are, a lot of people say, oh, you know, cut down all the juniper. Well, yeah, poor juniper. <laughs> the ash juniper is the tree that causes cedar fever that we all suffer from, same time as flu season. But put it in perspective, it's only about two weeks of the year and they do so much for the environment. They are the only habitat for the golden cheek warbler, which is an endangered species. Plus, they do a lot to help prevent flooding because they actually capture a lot of rainwater within their canopy and keep it from running off and funnel it into the ground. So they get a really bad rap, but they really, and, and then they have the great berries that are also a wildlife food source. So uh, poor, poor ash juniper. But you ask about invasive trees. As you drive around Austin, you see a lot of wax ligustrum because it's escaped and it's invasive. Chinese tallow, china berry. China berry is a beautiful tree. It has this beautiful bark. It has beautiful flowers that smell similar to lilacs, but not quite as strong. And it's, and it's just, it's a beautiful tree, but it's so invasive. It's escaped, and it's running around all of our green belts. And we just can't keep it out now. But, you know, if we don't plant it, we can help prevent from getting worse, we would hope. So, so are there things that maybe I would find in a nursery that should not be planted? I bet you if I went to the nursery, some of, not probably some of the smaller local nurseries, but if I went to one of the big box stores, I could probably find a china berry. I could probably find a wax ligustrum. And um, nandina is another tr- plant that can be very invasive, and I know they sell those too. 
So, so that's something to think about. It's something to think about. In Austin, um, we have the Grow Green Guide, and it talks a lot about invasive plants and what not to plant. So it's a very good source, and that's through the city of Austin. But the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center also has some good resources on invasive plants. Let's also talk about when you're uh, planning for uh, planting trees in your yard. Uh, are there sort of environmental factors you should consider in terms of your house placement and where you're going to put the trees? So what we like to tell people, um, I recently moved from San Antonio. I've been here about a year now. But in San Antonio, CPS Energy actually provides a rebate to people who plant trees on the east, south, and west side of their house because planting trees, and they're large shade trees, planting shade trees on those sides of your house can reduce your energy usage by up to 25%. And that CPS energy is really dedicated to helping to reduce the energy load. Also, Austin Energy is doing it as well, not the same program. We work with Austin Energy here at Tree Folks to provide free trees to people to plant along the streets to help reduce the heat island effect. So trees can do a lot with their shade. If you don't have room on the east, west, or south side of your house to plant a large tree, but you do have room around your air conditioning unit to plant a small tree, if you plant that tree to where it can cast shade on that AC unit, it can help reduce the amount of work the AC unit has to do to cool the air going into your house. So... One of my favorite small trees would be either the, would be the Anacacho orchid. It's a beautiful little tree. Obviously, mountain laurel. Everybody loves mountain laurel in Texas. Eve's necklace, which is related to the mountain laurel that a lot of people don't know, I love. It's gorgeous. Um, and of course, the red bud. I'm from Oklahoma. Red bud is our state tree, and so I'm always going to be a fan of the red bud. And it's not a native. But um, the crepe myrtle is a nice, can be a nice tree to plant. provides that beautiful flower. Right. right. So crepe myrtle is not native. Crepe myrtles are native to Asia. But as far as we can tell, they have never escaped into the wild. So they're not an invasive tree. So not all non-natives are bad. Right. And that's always something to keep in mind. So if you are wanting to learn how to plant a tree, if you're uncomfortable, if, you don't, if you're not comfortable planting a tree, feel free to come to any of our volunteer events and we will help you learn how to correctly plant a tree because it really is an activity that you learn by doing. And I try to make them lots of fun. It's, it's work, but people seem to have a lot of fun while they're doing it. I don't understand, because I know people that get paid for it that don't like it, and these people are doing it for free, and they're smiling and laughing while they're doing it. Well, we, we enjoy your enthusiasm and, and hope that it'll spread. <laughs> I hope so. I am, and anytime anybody wants to come to a planting and just tree geek out with me, I will geek out with you to the best, with the best of them. I love to geek out about trees. It's, I've, trees have been my passion for many, many years. So, Please. Visit TreeFolks' website at www.treefolks.org for more information or to make a donation. Find out about their tree plantings and attend one or organize one in your neighborhood. It's a great way 
to involve young people and to help make the earth a little more sustainable. That's all for Mothering Earth. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next time. Thank you.